Welcome to Sports, Clicks, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husong and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 146 of Sports, Clicks, and Politics. I am Sean Hannon, joined as always by the charming and handsome Mr. Ben Husong. Mr. Ben Husong, how was your weekend? Great. Great? Yeah, why not? I got uh, my pool closed. Okay, that is great. That was exciting. Uh, I went to Buffalo, spent some time with my in-laws, did a corn maze and all that with the kids, which was great. Okay. Got the lawn mowed, got everything cleaned up. That's it. So just a, like a fall cleanup kind of weekend? Very productive around the house. That's interesting. How about you? How was your weekend? Uh, I had a full of events. Yeah. One of which uh, did not want me to be there. Sorry to hear that. I went there anyway. Um, also went to, uh, go ahead. You How? Seem- How did that work out that you were working an event they didn't want you at, even though they were at your place? Yes. Fair enough. I don't need to elaborate. I, why would you clown world? That makes total so I, sense. <laughs> it was uneventful. Let's just say. So thankfully it was uh, uneventful. Uh, but yeah, little light on the tips that night. Uh, I purposely was not, I tried to, I tried to remove myself from that equation by keeping myself on the floor and letting the uh, the other professional uh, tenders of the bar do their thing. And hopefully that didn't impact them. I'm, it probably did, unfortunately. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I apologize to them days in advance. Eh. They knew what they were getting into. All right. We thank them for their, their uh, loyalty to the uh, establishment. I just love that. It's this a weird spot. That is weird. <laughs> anyway. People are crazy. Yeah. People are crazy. Oh, not you guys. You guys uh, are not crazy. Well, unless you don't leave the uh, uh, a like on this video, subscribe to the channel, I see. leave us a five star rate and review. If not, you're crazy. I see what you you're did on. There. You're there with the enemy. Yeah, I tried. Tried to do some segues every once in a while. I love it. Comes to me. It's good. Good job. Yeah. So uh, weekend. I, you didn't mention the Bills part of your weekend. I mean, that was a shellacking. Yeah. I mean, you're no Miami Dolphins, but wow. I mean. No, no, we were settling for field goals all game. And I think I was watching the game and made the comment of, I think it's because they don't think the red, the commanders can score against them. I Like, I think that's the strategy is just just get points every time and it doesn't matter. Probably fair. Um, it should have been a much closer game. They went four down fourth and goal and that was hit the, the commanders. I keep calling them the Redskins. Like, I can't break that. Happen. I got a Redskins glass over there. I found at the thrift store for a dollar. Love it. Um I, like they they should have had a field goal like they, they the interceptions they had a turnover on downs like it was I played the commanders defense in my one of my fantasy teams thinking that Josh was just going to throw a couple of interceptions but he gave you one yeah didn't work out for me which was basically a punt so I had no problem I, I mean I don't really my defense I don't there's no plan when I select my defense it's just whatever one is going to be the least owned typically is when I pick but anyway because it's there's too much variability in defense. I agree with that there's but a anyway, lot so. No, it was a fun game to watch. It was a very dominating performance. Are you worried about the Miami Dolphins? Uh, well, I, wouldn't I mean, say you say worried. worried. I mean, do you think they're more capable of challenging the Bills' supremacy than they were last year? Yes. Okay. And why do you think that? Just I think another, another year together? Year in the system. I think that they've, they've developed. They have talent all over the field. I think they are very comparable at a skill level to the Buffalo Bills. I think that overall those two teams, and that's reflected in the point spread right now, where the Bills are at home next week and a two and a half point favorite, which okay, that's that means you think these two teams are 
pretty equal to each other, and it's it's hard to is guess. Is that a primetime game, or is that a 1 o'clock game? I think it's a 1 o'clock game. That's boring. All right, listen, I'll take it. I mean, the Steelers have been on primetime back-to-back weeks. The Steelers have looked good. Eh, I mean, better. At least they weren't cries for their, I mean, they were on the road, so they didn't have to listen to cries for their OC to get fired. That's fair. And, I mean, listen, the week one against the Browns, they did not look good. No, week one against the uh, 49ers. They beat the Browns. My bad. The Browns yeah. was the Bengals, or the yeah. Bengals did yeah, look good Yeah, we took out Nick Chubb. Browns. Yeah, you did. You broke Nick Chubb. Way to go. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I, the I have hope mm. and optimism for the Steelers. They're still very young, you know. They still have Mike Tomlin, which seems to be, uh, you know, they made the, did you see the game at all last night? Yeah, some of it. So they were making a, a, a comparison of head coaches from the, for the Raiders who've had like nine in the last 11 years or oh something God. like that. And then the Steelers have had three in the last like 71 years or something, whatever, whatever than. Yeah, with Chuck Knoll and Cower, then Cower and then, and then Tomlin. Tomlin yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Tomlin was the youngest, co- uh, maybe the youngest coach when he was hired. And now he's like one of the oldest coaches in the league. He's been around that long. Yeah. Anyway, any other uh, NFL hot takes over the weekend? Any uh, were you surprised by the Cowboys uh, losing to the Cardinals? Very. I think everybody. Was. I mean, were you surprised slash happy? Obviously, <laughs> everybody likes to hate on the Cowboys. There's no getting around that fact. Um, what about the reemergence of? I know he lost, but Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. He's been Andy Dalton. He threw for almost like 400 yards. I'm I think. saying, like the guy <laughs> can get it done. He's not. He's not elite, but he's a very good NFL quarterback. Like he. Now, I don't think he should be starting anymore because he's just too old in the show and he's not going to get you over the hump. Great backup. He's the best backup you could ask for. He's yeah. going to come in, he's going to keep the ship right, and he's going to go. They'd probably win more games with him than they would. And he's a ginger. I, you got to respect that right <laughs> out of the gate. All right. That's automatically he has some superpowers just by that nature. But um, no soul. I, you know. That's what I heard anyway. It's a negotiation. I mean, I have some red hair in my beard sometimes. Yeah. So I got some gray mixed in with the red, but for <laughs> the too. most part, Me it's, too. it's it's no nothing Any, anything. Else. What about the uh, uh, Houston Texans putting up 37 against the Jaguars? That's kind of, I was like not expecting that. I thought the Jaguars defense was actually good, but. I thought so too. And I feel like Trevor Lawrence forgot how to play football in the offseason and it's getting troubling. I thought they were going to be a much better team than what they've looked so far this year. Yeah, I thought Ridley would kind of like, like really spread them. yeah, really yeah. spread them out. I so. was thinking between having Ridley, Evan Ingram, uh, Christian Kirk, they have weapons. Uh, uh, Travis Etienne, or however you say his yeah, last Etienne, name, yeah, say I nailed it. Uh, that they would be taking a big step forward, and instead they have just plateaued hideously. Yeah, sometimes that happens. News. I feel like to teams, like I don't know been watching this long enough to feel like this is not the first time that's kind of happened so here's i guess the other takes zach wilson might be the worst football player ever and i feel bad maybe where do they have mark sanchez bring him back they could bring back anybody and it would be a step in the right direction i mean there's a there's a clip floating around the twitter sphere of zach wilson dropping back to throw the ball the guy comes into the front he like steps to the side goes this way this way falls down and just stays on the ground until two guys from the Patriots have to dive over to touch him while he's on the ground. Didn't even try to get up. It was just, it was, forgive my language, and if you have young ears listening, just cover them real quick. It was the most prolific example of, fuck it, I have ever seen. Like, he just laid down and was like, nope, I'm done. And they touched him. And then at the end of the game, they have fourth and ten, and he throws a one-yard pass pattern. Like, oh, I thought if I just got it out fast enough, he could beat his guy. Like, dude got tackled as soon as he touched the ball. This team should not be this bad with any backup quarterback. Like, I think the goal for a backup quarterback is you're supposed to go 500. That's what you're, that's like, you have a great backup, you go 500. 
I mean, listen, he beat the Bills, so I can't say anything else about that. That was it is what it is. Based on how they have looked the last two weeks, they're not going to win. They're going to go one in one in sixteen. Carson Wentz to the rescue. I, Carson, well, I'd go Robert Griffin the third at this. I would go. Did you hear him like plug himself? No, it was it was hilarious on some show. He goes, you know, you get these quarterbacks out there like Carson Wentz, and he named somebody else or myself who you know I had guys tell me like we just can't bring you in to be too much of a headache with the starter and you know, the competition. But now they don't need that, so you could reach out to somebody like Carson Wentz or myself and then <laughs> have that conversation like. No. That's, Hey, shooters got to shoot. Yeah, All right, listen, like you, you, you get paid for the tryout. So, I'm saying, so I, I don't know how they justify not bringing in somebody else. Yeah, I, I, you, they have to. I mean, we don't think it's going to be Brady, right? No, I don't think Tom Brady would join the Jets. Yeah. To be, I mean, I, you know, honest, I didn't pay attention enough to the off season of the NFL, but it seemed like the Jets seemed to get a lot of uh, buzz about you know if Aaron Rodgers was going to be Aaron Rodgers, that they were going to be, you know, contender kind of Jets, but that's clearly not the case. I mean, you can't... They're literally almost on the clock. You can't fathom the drop-off that went from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. Like, listen, if Josh Allen goes down, the Bills are no longer a Super Bowl contender. But with their defense, with their weapons, and with Kyle Allen just being a competent human being capable of throwing and handing off a football, you don't expect that they're going to go 1-15 either. Like, they're going to go somewhere around 500. This team is different. Zach Wilson, man, he was the number two overall pick, and he can't play football. Yeah. Where where did he come from? Uh, BYU, I believe. Yeah, that's crazy. And then he was like, Doing his friend's or his mom's best friend or something like that. He ended up having something with it. Was he, he's got a weird backstory. Yeah. I'm just realizing that I have last week's last show's graphics up there. So oh, okay. I'm in the process of uh, changing them as we switch over to the Ryder Cup. Yeah. It's Ryder Cup week. I didn't I mean, realize that. Yeah. I'm uh, so out of touch with golf now. Yeah. But, but other than Masters week, sure. Ryder Cup is kind of like this, uh, got this additional layer to it. Yeah. It, it, with golf, like, I don't know that any of the other, like, even the, maybe the Open Championship does a little bit. Um, I think maybe it's the U.S. Open, but that's only because it's on Father's Day weekend, and that is their core Yeah, audience. maybe. I'll give you that. But, I mean, the majors obviously have their own extra layer, but I don't know. There's something, I us say magical or whatever, but about the Ryder Cup, maybe it's the team aspect that is into play because it's not typically a team sport, golf, sure. that is. So, I don't know. Do you... Uh, I think it's uh, from the 25th. Let me pull up my uh, the dates here because I don't have my. Uh... Yeah, so it starts on the 25th. Yep. Um, the 44th Ryder Cup gets underway Friday at Marco Simone Golf and Country Club outside of Rome, Italy, Mr. Husong. I'm guessing you won't be there. Not unless I go via Africa and up through there on the boats. You're not following the migrant crisis at all, oh, really, are you? Uh, in reverse, I guess, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying, like, they got a problem. Like, we think we got problems. Oh, yes. They're oh, having, yes. like, physical altercations in the no, street right now. But I guess Rome's north enough that it, they won't be affected. Yes, no. I'm probably not going to... Uh, they'll probably have the iron gate around the golf course there to keep the migrants out, I'm guessing, right? Sure. We should talk about that at some point, because I'm generally a pretty pro-immigration person. But even I'm kind of looking at all this like, this doesn't seem sustainable for anybody. Uh, no, I tend to think you're right. Um, Anyways, let's talk golf. We'll come back to yeah. that. I, I like golf because, I mean, I like this golf because you get to all the best players, right? So, sure. I mean, there's literally, I mean, there should be no scrubs there. You know, there's no, all the Cinderella stories are really like just really good players. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a different kind of feel because of that. You have all the best players and it's this team thing. 
you know, they have different formats, best ball, two ball, whatever they, you know, play each other's ball, whatever the, yep. the, the things Alternate are. So there's shot. Yeah. Right. And so, and then you have weird things like personality conflicts that are, Everybody you know, right. Patrick right. Cause when you're a golfer, you can pretty much just kind of go by, you know, do nothing and be like, all right, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm by my, you know, me and my caddy, blah, 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 and be done with it. But on this team thing, you kind of have to, I don't know, be a teammate. Do you or think do you, you have just to? put Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau together because nobody likes them? Well, Bryson DeChambeau did not make the team. I didn't know that. How did he not make the team? Well, because he's on live tour. The only live guy who made it was Brooks Kepka. So they did not play in enough events to get enough points. Got it. To qualify for the Ryder Cup. That Brooks Kepka actually didn't, but because he won the Masters or whatever he won, he won major and finished second in the Masters. Um, he was the only captain's pick who who uh made who's from the live from tour. The live tour yeah so whether or not that's uh political or not i'm sure there's some of that had to do with it but a large of it I you know so. yeah i mean listen you can make i think it's fair to say for i think zach johnson is he the captain um yeah that we couldn't see the players well enough to evaluate them whether or not they should be on the team versus guys who we've been watching all year I'm like i get that to some degree i guess but um i don't know I, i'm guessing most of it was political Listen, I have no issue with the guys who went to the Live Tour, but let's get a little politics in this. Let's let's get a little bitterness and in, in back and forth. If you're a PGA guy that got offered Live Golf and you turned it down out of loyalty to the PGA, how pissed off are you to begin with? Yeah, I mean, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy literally paid up billion-dollar paydays to show their loyalty, and the PGA turned around and was like, just let me jam that knife right in there real quick. Yeah. I just blocked this all out because I changed the graphics but forgot to remove the background, so I'm going to... Redo You're having that. a banner day. Uh, something like that. You know, something that happens sometimes when, uh, you know, you get hated on all weekend or whatever. So, um, you get out of, out of sorts. Is that what they say? I'm not hating on you at all. I know. I got nothing, nothing but, but love, love here. Yeah, no, I feel it. That's good. Um, will you be watching the live tour? You mean the Ryder Cup? The Ryder Cup, sorry. Come on, man, get it together. You're better than this. Uh, will I be watching the Ryder Cup? I'll probably check out some of it. I'm not going to be, like, tuned in. Day Did I remind day. you that it starts at 1.30 in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> it starts at 1.30 in the morning, Mr. Friend. So, um, Nope. Hard pass. Yeah, so uh, I find, like, again, with the Open Championship, I tend to like golf at that time. Um I don't know. I think I'll, I think I'll be, I don't know if I'll, I mean, I might just be up at one thirty, so maybe I'll watch it then. Oh, look, I did it. We also so, live very different lives. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually awake at one thirty in the morning more often than not, actually. I used to be, but not now. Well, that's priorities. Not, that's abnormal at this point. I'm immaturing as I get older. Eh, it's good for you though. Something like Listen, that. the reason I won't stay up till one thirty is because I've got to get up before like six thirty in order to make sure that I can help out getting the kids off to school, whether I'm driving them or my wife is. That I got at least got to be available. I can't be sleeping in until eight thirty every day. Like, oh, you got the kids right? They're not homeschooled anymore. Like, we actually have to keep to a schedule now with the twins. So the actual matches start Friday too. There's some. Uh unofficial stuff going on wednesday and thursday of this week but okay friday foursomes and four ball sessions that starts at 1 30 a.m sure just for the record and when does it go till like 10 a.m noon noon all right maybe i'll check out some morning golf yeah, yeah i could do that breakfast golf is great golf i mean do some brunch um, and then saturday and sunday they with the singles there session so i don't know i didn't look at the uh, odds there uh i'm guessing the usa is probably the favorite yeah I mean, listen, I, the European team is loaded. They got, you know, 
Rom and McElroy and all the like there. So it's it should be fun. That's like I said, it's outside of the Masters is probably my favorite. It's definitely my second favorite golf event. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would put the Ryder Cup probably like definitely in the top ten sporting events. I think it could be like upwards of top five for you. No, I know you said you didn't really watch a lot of golf, but like in your heyday of uh, oh, and but I used to watch golf. Yeah, the Ryder Cup was like must watch television. I mean, you don't, other than the Bills, you don't really seem to watch anything right now. So I watched. And I mean, I used stuff. to watch the Yankees, but yeah, that really mean, not as yeah, much. Like five years ago, I forgot they were on. I'm busy, so yeah. I got stuff to do. But the Masters, I always tune in for. If you're just going for events, like. The Super Bowl takes priority. The world, uh, I don't even care about the World Series for the most part if it's not the Yankees or, or a very interesting team. So I can't say that. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like the Ryder Cup's like number two for you. It might be, <laughs> honest to God, now that I'm, I, wow, I don't watch much sports outside of. It happens like that. It happened to me. Yeah, that's All weird. my friends are like, what do you mean you haven't watched a Yankee game in five years? I'm like, uh, I is know Jorge uh, Posada still there? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> No, I just, there's too many baseball games, so I can't yeah. bring myself to tune in for all of them, and so I end up tuning in for very few of them because it's not part of the routine. Like, football is simple. On Sunday, I watch football. That's that's just part of the routine. Now, it doesn't mean I do it every Sunday. Like, if the Bills aren't on or whatever else, I'll go do other stuff. I don't need to sit down and watch random NFL games. But if I got nothing going on, I will. Yeah. Um, golf, I always watch the Masters because I love it. I think it's just a, a beautiful spectacle of sport. Um... Yeah, I, I'm trying to think here. Uh, NCAA tournament, I'll tune in for some. What about some World Cup? Oh, That's sorry. soccer, right? Yeah, soccer. Okay. You want to know what I genuinely want to start watching? Is cricket. India Premier League cricket. Uh, that looks like the most exciting sport I have ever seen just based on YouTube videos, and I'm in. I want to play it. You know those games can last, like, Days. No, the India Premier League is the shortened oh, okay, version good. of it where it's way more intense. And I want to go and watch one. Is that the league that reached out to Manny Ramirez? I don't know, but I hope I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like somebody, re- one of those cricket teams reached out to Manny. Uh, maybe I'm making this up. That's but amazing. Yeah, it would have been cool. Listen, I want to, I literally think I could get on board with it. I think I could watch that and get super excited about it once I understand the rules. Well, maybe way. if Vivek Ramaswamy wins, then cricket will become the national pastime. It's pretty for- racist. For, for eight years. You said Indian. <laughs> You're the racist. I didn't name the league. Let's move on. All right. Before we get in trouble. Yeah. Speaking of getting in trouble. Um, oh, boy. So, I was reluctant to cover this because I never really know how to do it, but YouTube made it easy for me because they basically demonetized Russell Brand before there was any kind of trial verdict, whatever. Um Clearly, he's been convicted in the uh, court of public opinion, or at least the court of media opinion. Um, Yeah, so some anonymous allegations, accusations of sexual misconduct against Russell Brand, who, uh, you know, as some people like to point out, just happens to be anti-war, anti-establishment, anti, uh, you know, or pro-medical freedom or all that stuff, and uh, just happens to, these are decades-old accusations, so the timing of them is not, doesn't seem to appear uh, coincidental, I guess. It seems that they could have brought this up at any time they wanted to, but they seem to hunt that just as he was uh, railing against the establishment uh, on multiple levels here. So I did bring up an article from my friend of the program, Brad Palumbo, mm-hmm. uh, who also wrote an article about me and how people hate me. Um, not everybody. No, not everybody. Very YouTube- small minority. <laughs> Racist. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. YouTube's cancellation of Russell Brand is wildly premature and hypocritical. 
So this is an article, again, from Brad Palumbo. Um, it seems, you know, it doesn't seem, I, to the people who have been paying attention to Russell Brand and his messaging over the last year and a half, he's what I would say in the same uh, category as the Matt Taibis and the Glenn Greenwalds and the Jimmy Doors of the world, Joe Rogans of the world, who were leftist Bernie supporters who have then stayed leftist Bernie supporters, but the left has become, has made Bernie Sanders a right wing wing nut. So all these Russell Brand uh, versions, the Glenn Greenwalds and Matt Taibis are all now right wing. So the rally to take them down uh, from the media specifically, who tends to not be right-leaning, uh, seems pretty obvious to some people. To me, I think it is. Whether or not he did these things or not, even if he did those things, again, the timing of them can't be, you know. Dismissed. Exactly right. So I don't know if you have any hot takes on this, but this seems to be, I mean, I'm not surprised that YouTube demonetized Russell Brand before any kind of uh, 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 legal ramifications were decided or not, but I'm not asking you to here to defend Russell Brand or anything, but ah. like the the backlash to these accusations seem to be uh, very forceful and not on par with other people's similar scenarios. Yeah, I, I, to say that I am. I don't like being this skeptical. I don't. I, I <clears throat> excuse me. I um. I wish I could just believe all women, and I and that I could just get on board with that way of thinking. Except, ah, you're asking me to really turn a blind eye to a lot of. Um, let's go with coincidences. Um. Russell Brand, if you have never watched his show, I would highly recommend his podcast. Is one of the. Um, it's one of my favorites, uh, genuinely, like what he, the guests that he brings on, and this is the same way I feel about him as how I feel about Joe Rogan of, I don't listen to them religiously or every time. And I don't, even when I do listen, it's not because I'm overly intrigued by his opinion on anything. He just has great guests and asks great questions and stays remarkably open-minded at all times. And that's what I've always liked about Joe Rogan. So if Joe Rogan has an interesting guest on, I'm inclined to check it out because he's not Jake Tapper trying to shout a guy down and say, I'll ask the questions, sir. It's a discussion. And they go into some stuff that you're really not supposed to talk about on mainstream media any longer. But he talks about his big thing is he is sort of anti-Big Pharma. He is sort of big, uh, anti military industrial complex and he is against a lot of the big agriculture and the food processing and everything else and he was on real time with bill maher probably a year ago now maybe a little bit more where he said if what you do is you have these companies that make money when you have sickness you're going to get sickness if you have money com huge companies that are only profit from war you're going to get war and you guys can't figure out why you keep getting this in america it's not rocket science it's this um, and it's hard to argue with him. And he has fascinating people on who are much smarter than me that, that talk about, um, food supply chains and the problem with chemicals and this food and, and how this came to be and this preservative is okay in this country, but nowhere else in the world would dream of allowing it. And it's, it's very, very interesting to hear these perspectives. Um, at the same time, Russell pro Russell, Russell Crowe, good God. Russell Brand, back in the day, was a notorious drug addict, womanizing, I, I, I don't know, like, 
Probably not, well. probably not somebody you wanted to have over uh, for breakfast. No, like he was. Uh, there, he d- tells a great story about when he was first doing stand up, and uh, some other comedian came in to watch him. And then after the show, was like, "Hey, you know, you you got some talent, are but are you like on anything?" And Russell Brand goes, "Heroin." And the guy's like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> He's like, yeah, because that's you should be better, but you can't tell when you're funny and when you're not because you're too high. You can't figure out when the audience is responding, so you got to get clean because that's the only way you're going to make it. Otherwise, you can't you can't read the room right now. And to his credit, he's he's clean. He's he's sober. He's uh, all about this mindfulness and wellness and yeah, yoga no, I, and all that. I, am, am I right that I think some of this came on the heels of uh, Amy Winehouse's death? I, I believe that's I, correct. I think that maybe they were friends or whatever, and her death uh, kind of shook him to a point where he's gotten clean. Yeah. So and know, everybody been, gets there differently, yeah, obviously. But that's what I mean. Like, I, and good for him that he got clean and yeah. that he's going down this path. Yeah, which day. again, if he partook in criminal activity, you know whether or not he can be prosecuted anymore for statute of limitations reasons. I don't know any of the laws and these seem to be maybe in multiple countries. Are these, is this all USA or is this, uh, oh, US I don't know. Or Britain. I don't know either. I don't know. I think so, it's all in Britain. One of the, I mean, allegedly <coughs> I didn't, I didn't read everything. I've, I've only caught bits and pieces, but allegedly one of the women, a anonymous women was in a relationship with him. And the central claim of sexual assault was she told him to put a condom on. He said he did, but he didn't. Oh, yeah. I, that's wrong. I'm yeah. not defending that. I don't, uh, but if you hear like, hey, they committed sexual assault, that's not what I'm thinking. That's that's not where my brain goes. That is. And I feel like I heard that, but when he said that, it just really reminded me is that's the claim that they made against Julian Assange when he was charged with rape oh is that God. he didn't use a condom. And so that was rape, which obviously, you know, I'm not saying they couldn't use the same tactic, but, <laughs> it's, but it's the same tactic. But right you there. just brought up a good point of like, anytime somebody gets too powerful and the, elite status quo doesn't want them there does seem to be a pattern where somebody comes out and accuses them of sexual assault and it's always vague like when christine blase ford came out i get why if you were inclined to think that uh kavanaugh was a terrible human being she came off as believable but to those of us that i didn't care about uh kavanaugh one way or another I, i don't have a horse in this race i was just watching and the idea that she came out and had a completely scrubbed social media presence, it was gone. Like, how? I've never heard of anybody successfully able to wipe every part of their social media existence just prior to this. And the way that she, uh, the, the, just the, the untruths that were coming out, you're going, wait a minute, this is wrong. And this isn't right. And this, we got to have some skepticism. This, I'm not telling you she's, she's making it up. But this this doesn't seem to be true. Like this, there's enough reason that I'm skeptical that I can't just go all in. I need you to do a better job of proving this. Uh, and then, um, but that seems to be a tactic, right? Uh, accusing your enemy of some kind of sexual impropriety. Well, then the second woman came out and was like, you know, I couldn't remember if it was him, but after consulting with friends and lawyers, I feel confident that it was him that pulled his dick out. Like, guys. Come on, she doesn't remember. You're coaching her into this, and it's so obvious. And then Julie Swetnick came out, and that was just when we jumped the shark. That was, he was part of some roving group of dudes that held parties where they just religiously did this. And I went to 10 of the parties like, wait a minute. You knew this was happening. You knew they were doing this, and you just kept going to the parties? Like, come on. 
How much am I supposed to believe here? Yeah. So that was where, like, if you were inclined to believe it, all you were going to say was three women credibly accused. If you were somewhat skeptical, and to be honest, I am skeptical of everything at this point. As you should be. That I went, uh, wait a minute. Sorry, guys, this is getting too carried away. But the pattern was there. And even Joe Biden came in and uh, was it Juanita Broderick? Was that her name? Not Juanita. Uh, yeah. It is? Yeah. Juanita Broderick came out and said he grabbed her by the you know. Oh no, no. That was that was one of Trump's terror read is Joe Biden's. Oh, is it terror read? Oh, yeah. but Broderick was Clinton. My yeah. bad. I got him confused. But Terror, it's hard, hard to keep them all straight. Tara Reid comes out and is like, hey, they pin me up against a wall, put a hand on my face. Like, oh. And then you look at all the same people that were just shouting, believe all women, and you're like, where y'all at? Not this one. Not, and they're like, um, you know, it's just, just political in nature. And you're like, you guys are so full of shit. And this is how I got skeptical of everything. Julian Assange got accused of rape. Donald Trump got accused of sexual assault and rape. Uh, just Brett Kavanaugh gets accused of, of this Um Every single time that it happens. And so this is where I mean why I feel bad that I'm skeptical because some of these claims are probably true. Like there, are, there is the possibility that Russell Brand is 100% guilty of this. But because at this point I feel like the media and the uniparty elite have become the boy who cried wolf, my initial gut reaction is, boy, that's convenient. Like, this guy's got a huge following on social media. He was a notorious philanderer and drug user for all these years. Um, how did this not come up during the Me Too wave? How did this not come up? How long ago was Me Too? Eight years ago? Yeah. Like, this didn't come up at all? That, that They didn't feel like coming forward then? And like I said, I, I don't think, I mean, some of these specific accusations are new, but, like, that lifestyle that he lived is not, like, unknown. Everybody notorious. knew. Notorious. Everybody knew. Right, that was just who he was and what he did. It's, and I think that's how he ended up divorced from Katy Perry, of like, the guy was, that was his life. And I, 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 I again, I don't want to sound like I am dismissing the claims of these women, but I think if you don't come in with some level of skepticism about how it continues to happen, then you're part of the problem. Like, you should demand a higher level of, of proof, in my opinion, at this point of, well, wait a minute. What do you really got? Like, what what are we saying here? And, and the reason I brought up this the, the demonetization is because all of what we just talked about hasn't been determined yet, and YouTube made the unilateral decision to just basically demonetize his channel. So Rumble has kept his channel intact, so he's still, and I think he moved to Rumble a few months ago, maybe mm -hmm. earlier this year. And so that part of that, but I mean, there's a reason why people are still on YouTube, because there's, you know. Huge audience. Huge audience. So, I mean, other than us. Yeah. We're, we're banned. Huh. Um, I will say, I want to piggyback one thing on this. Did you see that Rumble? So I don't know if you know Rumble sued Google last fall, I think. Okay. So, but anyway, part of their, um, they added this to part of their uh, uh, litigation, I believe. So when Rumble had the exclusive rights, the, the Republican national debate, uh, what it was, like two, three weeks ago, mm -hmm. the one where Vivek uh, there. Ramaswamy. Yeah, Ramaswamy won. Um, Google, so they had reached out to the RNC and said, hey, uh, this is Google. We need your, uh, send us your live stream link and all the stuff so we, when, we, when people do search, we're going to, you know, they'll find it there. So apparently there was some back and forth in there, but when it came time to uh, search for the debate uh, when it was live, you could not find the link. It wasn't posted. It was buried like pages back. So the lawsuit is that Google is a monopoly and basically squashes 
its competition out of existence. So exhibit 7,491, I guess, for uh, Rumble to use here, but kind of found it interesting that even uh, the RNC debate, they couldn't even, you know, Google wouldn't even allow it to be part of their search results. So I don't have Google on my phone. I took it off a long while ago, years ago, but. Does Google have its own, like, app? Yeah. Oh, I don't have it on mine either. Oh, nope, that's Gizmo. I don't know. Gizmo. God, I'm old. All right. So <laughs> this came across my radar in the last couple of days, which I book guests sometimes. Sure. And sometimes, you know, they're not exactly uh, what I had hoped, uh, whatever. And sometimes they're better or sometimes they're worse. But leave it to a Canadian parliament to <laughs> one-up me. <laughs> they have done something that I don't know that I could ever do. They purposefully, I think, invited a veteran. Now, hey, real quick before you yeah, get into go the details. Ahead. Like, you've got a surviving veteran of World War II. Correct. Okay. Now, if anybody deserves a standing ovation in the government, it is if somebody fought on behalf of your country well in World War II, they deserve to be recognized by your country. What or if, <laughs> what if they were part of the SS Galachina, a unit whose history has been whitewashed by veterans groups in the West who did terrible things to human beings? Uh, anyway, this guy, what's his name here? I mean, Zelensky was, this is all around Ukrainian President Zelensky's trip to Canada, right? So he's in Canada. He's there with his boy, Jack Trudeau, not Jack Trudeau. What's his name? Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Who's, ja who's Jack Trudeau? He's somebody. Anyway, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada. And they're there to recognize Yaroslav Hunka, who fought with the first Ukrainian division in World War II, otherwise known as the SS Galachina. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Sure. G-A-L right here. So... Politico writes it as first Ukrainian division in World War II as their headline, but they are also AKA the SSS Galachina. This guy was invited and given a standing ovation. I actually have the video. I don't know if I should play it or not. I think it's only a second here, but anyway, so this guy standing ovation from the, the best large majority of the Canadian uh, parliament here, uh, praising this guy's, uh, existence basically and helping him free or fight Russia and it turns out that uh, he... Russia and us were allies Russia and Canada was an ally they fought in the war this dude fought against your country and you gave him a standing ovation now some people in the Canadian parliament feel like they were hoodwinked I would hope so or at least they're admitting they're saying that today anyway so that they're like oh we didn't know um but when they said... But how do you not vet this guy? Listen, I have no doubt. He's 98. Do, so. But if you're the average person, okay, and I don't expect that everybody is as much of a history nerd as I am about trying to follow as much of this, and people have a vague understanding, and right now, Russia, bad. Got it. But as soon as they said, you know, this guy fought to defend Ukraine, and he fought against the Russians in World War II, immediately immediately i don't care how ignorant you are of history you should have at least had the pause to go wait weren't weren't we on the side of the russians during world war ii he's a ukrainian hero 
So why are we? But now he lives in Canada. He came here after Canadian hero too, and he killed ostensibly either Canadians or Canadian allies. And I mean, you know, his the the group that he was a part of this SS, however you say that second word, Galachina. You know, so a few claims of ethnic cleansing of poles and you know carrying out atrocities against Jewish citizens in Ukraine. You know, a few things. Definitely worthy of a Canadian stash, a Canadian national uh, ovation. I'm at I mean, a loss for words. I don't. I mean, and Moms for Liberty got mad because they quoted negatively quoted Hitler in an internal newsletter, and they invite SS to their parliament and get a standing ovation. It's the best thing There's I've ever seen. Complete disconnect. This and, is the funniest thing that has ever happened because they legit. Imagine if this was America. Imagine if they brought some dude out from the Ukrainian SS and we clap for him, and every American would be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> How is this okay?" And instead, it's Justin Trudeau, and he goes out and. Justin Trudeau's having a bad week, man. Yeah, I'm bad, reading. Really I'm reading some uh, some tweets here from Ezra Levant. Levant, can't remember uh, where he uh, publishes stuff here, but it's like the Nazis were in Hitler's 14th Waffen SS division, Galicia, according to military and Dave Pugliese. They were able to sneak into Canada by changing their name and hiding their past. <clears throat> in an attempt to hide this connection, they changed their name to the First Division of Ukrainian National Army. So awesome. they basically just said, "Oh, we're not those guys." We're different guys in the same outfits. What a crazy time. I don't, I, I mean, nothing happens. I mean, not that there's, there'll be no, no ramifications for this or anything, but. At what point does the average person pause and go, huh? Maybe, Weird. Maybe I don't know everything. Like, I get that if you as an average person didn't know that this dude was a Nazi, but you're telling me Zelensky didn't know? You're telling me Zelensky who got, to, you're telling me Trudeau didn't know this guy was a Nazi. No, they think you're an idiot, and they're just going to roll with it and, and rush it out there. And I'm sure the biggest surprise to them is that they actually got called out on it. But I don't know how long people are going to pretend like Ukraine doesn't have a bit of a neo-Nazi problem. Yeah. A, just, a, a little one? Maybe, maybe a touch? And I don't know what level of Nazism you're comfortable with. Mine's relatively low. Like, I'm all a live and let live. I'm probably not funding neo-Nazi campaigns whenever I can think of it. Uh, there's not too many things that I hold in lower regard I mean, than Nazis. We've given them $70 billion. <sighs> And we've already agreed that even if we can't fund our own country, we will continue funding theirs. Yeah. Because that's just good governance and not, not treason somehow. But here we are. We are legitimate. If, if, again... I think that's a conversation every American citizen should have with themselves is what is the acceptable level of Nazi that you want your money going to? What's what's your comfort zone? If it's 10% of the Ukrainian army is is avowed neo-Nazis, is that an acceptable number? If it's 50? If it's a 5? What's the number where you just go, no, that's fine, but if it's 95%, then we definitely got to stop giving them money. Because, you know, it's not like the United States has a history of giving money to bad guys to fight other bad guys, and then the initial bad guys take that money and turn on us. We'll never be fighting Ukrainian Nazis. Ever. Ever. Just like we never fought Al-Qaeda we nev- or funded them. We never fought or funded against Iraqis. We never fought or funded against the Kurds in Syria. We never fought or funded a lot of these groups, uh, ISIS. Well, at least now we know. 
It's better to know ahead of time. It's amazing that we never learn. No, we don't. It's we, well, amazing. That's not, that's not really true. Line. They've learned. They've learned how to do it successfully, so they're going to continue to keep doing. I'm going to have this conversation, and like every single time the Ukraine war comes up, I'm going to ask that question to people whenever they're like, "Well, we got to, we got to defeat Putin." Like, just out of curiosity, what's the acceptable level of Nazi that you want your money going to? I'm just curious. Like, we know there are some. But what's your, like, we don't know how much. So what's, what would be your limit? Is there one or does it not matter? Like, as long as they're fighting Russians, it could be a hundred percent neo-Nazi army and you're cool with $70 billion every year. So just going in, they probably won't do anything bad with that money. They're only neo-Nazis. They just like states rights. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Now, before we get into this last segment, I'm going to remind everybody to like the show, subscribe to the channel, leave us a five-star rating review if you're listening to us on the podcast, share the show. Um, this is, I feel like the, I don't know, I'm 51, seems like this is like the 51st uh, government shutdown in my life. Uh, it seems like this happens all the time. It does. Nothing ever happens. These people, it's literally a fake shutdown. These people never lose any money. They always get back pay. They all the programs come back. Like this is all just for show, and it's really just a a way for the Republicans to pretend that they're cutting government, and a way for the Democrats to stand up that they're not. They're defending their constituents. It's all theater every single time. All like nothing happens. Nothing of any consequence happens during a government shutdown. Don't listen to anybody who tells you they're not going to fund the military. It's nonsense. They're going to fund everything. In perpetuate, for nothing changes. They 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 send some people home for a couple of weeks. They come back. They get all their back pay for being on vacation. It's literally dumb. So when I see headlines like DC in disarray, yeah, right. This is literally how they operate. This yeah. is not disarray. This is array. Is that a word? It so is now it's it is the exact opposite of disarray. This is how they work. I never thought I was going to be such a fan of Matt Gates in my life since this last week. All because of this. He makes all of the arguments perfectly to all these pundits who think that they need to sign this half-continuing resolution thing, right? And he's right, that they can't sign, if they're ever going to stop this. And his, you know, this goes back all the way to the speaker thing in January, right? Where right. they were holding McCarthy's feet to the fire, basically saying, hey, we want 12 independent appropriation bills to fund the government. We don't want any CR. We, we, it's got to stop at some point. This is, this is the year it stops. And they've basically said it's stopping. And so he's, uh, Matt Gates is using the term, uh, we need to break the fever, right? So he needs to hold out for as long as they can. Yeah. If it requires a government shutdown, then so be it. He's not rooting for that. I am. Um, <laughs> I love, I would, I'd rather shut down the whole thing um, yeah. instead of this fake little shutdown. But the, there, there's never going to be a stop until there's a stop. And so you can't, it's the same way of complying your way out of tyranny, right? Like you're not going to be able to CR your way out of into a budget, right? It's a it's a it's a bad process. So you're never going to get a good result out of the bad process. I commend these guys for and girls for standing up and basically saying no. Um, I heard Gates' uh, interview with uh, Maria Bartiromo there from uh, Fox News. This was like yesterday, or the day before, maybe. And, you know, she tried to basically say that, you know, he's blocking all these Republican wins and, you know, whatever and whatever. I didn't understand her argument, really, to be honest with you. She seemed kind of arguing for the establishment status quo. Um, Stop it. I'm shocked. I mean, she te 
listen, she sometimes, like, she was very anti-COVID. I don't know if that was, she was just right for the wrong reasons or whatever, but, I mean, she's not been wrong sometimes. I think she's wrong on on, on this. Um, and I said, I, to, to Gates's credit, he kind of, you know, broke down her, what her assertions were and showed that, you know, there is no Republican wins at this point. Like, they're, just because they have a weaponization committee doesn't mean anything has come to of it. You may right. know, but Gates wrote a subpoena for Hunter Biden, mailed it or gave it to McCarthy and said, all you got to do is sign it and we'll bring him in and start, but they haven't subpoenaed Hunter Biden. It's been eight months. Gates also talks about, uh, you know, border security. Well, they've had an appropriations bill for that for four months. They could have brought that to the house floor at any time over the last four months, but they waited and waited and waited and waited so that they can get them create this deadline Mm -hmm. so that they can force people to just push them all together and vote for one CR. And that benefits nobody other than, the powers that be. The powers that be. And so the lobbyists that fund them. <laughs> a lobbyist specifically. So I hope that this works out and we get 12 clean appropriations bills. That's, I, I think, what the main goal of Matt Gates and the other four uh, House people who are kind of holding this up. Um, I don't know. You haven't probably gone through as many government shutdowns as I have since you're young, young strapping buck there, but I... I've been through a few. Yeah, I mean, but each one is less and less important than the one before it. The only ones... The only... People who think the government shutdown is important are people who haven't thought about the last one because it's it's it happens all the time. It's the fear of it, I think, and they're banking on people just being afraid because it sounds scary. Of yes. like the government's going to shut down, the checks aren't going to come, and nothing's going to happen. We have no idea what's happening. Like, oh my god! And then I think the first one that I really paid attention to was when Obama was in office and they shut down like national parks and veterans uh, ceremonies and stuff like that, which. I was like, oh, that's how government shutdowns work. That makes sense. They can't fund it. And I was like, oh, no, they normally don't do that. They normally just keep it open. That was weird. But it was political theater, and that was my first inclination to, oh, you're all full of shit. Like, this is this is nonsense. And then it was, I mean, that one in particular lasted like three or four weeks. And, you know, I had this stunning realization over those three to four weeks that my life didn't change at all. Not one part of my day was different as a result of that. Yeah. It's a non-event event. That's literally, it's all theater. It's exactly what I just laid out. It was, it's a way for the Republicans to pretend that they're fiscally they responsible. And it's a way for the Democrats to pretend that they care about the taxpayer or the, the programs for poor the people. poor people, whatever. Right. It's there. It's just theater. It's nonsense. And again, I hard for me. I hate being on the side of, People who I like, you don't other, have to do with Matt Gates. I understand. He does look like Jack Nichols, Nicholson a little bit. A no? little bit. Look at that. A little bit. I could see it when I was looking for pictures today. I was like, oh, it kind of looks like Jack Nicholson. Anyway, but I, I'm on Team Gates here. This like, it's hard for me to be on Team Gates and Bobert. Like those, they, you know, it's a Marjorie it's a, Taylor Green thrown in the mix doesn't help she, you either, right? But she's actually not even on this this group. So okay. Um. I hope they, I hope they, I hope it works. Like I said, I don't, I don't care about a government shutdown. I hope they shut down for the rest of the year for all I care. Um, but the let's get some broken. functioning government. Listen, right. I, e- even if they get these 12 appropriation bills, there's still a bunch of bull BS Work. going on go, all over the place. Right. But at least now you've separated them into 12 instead of one. You can hold people accountable. So they, just like in the budget for New York, when they're like, oh, well, we had to vote for the election law changes in our budget because we uh, had to fund the government. I'm like, oh, okay, well, why is the election law in the budget, right? That's why is all these things pushed into one CR? And that's the, 
There's still never a better example than when they put in the immunity for nursing homes in the budget. Well, of course. That was amazing because obviously those are related in yeah. any shape, way, or form. And, and, but that's the, it's just a smaller version of what the CRR. So they, it's just the same thing. This is a way to fund the government. And again, the lobbyists benefit. The establishment bees that, 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 are, that are pulling the levers, they benefit uh, because, again, they, they can jam all their pork into the CR and, and get what they need to, to get bring home. So I don't want to say I'm rooting hard for a government i'd I'd like to say that i'm rooting for a functional government first but if i have to get a government shutdown along the way then who cares like it's it's a non-event so yeah i don't care yeah i we i I didn't bring up the video but uh last night 60 minutes had a uh, little uh expose on where our money went and i think this is relevant to the uh funding because uh, some of the sticking points and i uh maybe have even erroneously suggested that our own congressman may have uh, be pro too much pro uh, Ukraine. Uh, I've been told that that's not the case and that he does not support funding for Ukraine directly. So I'm hoping that that's true. Um, And I, I'm, I'll hope again, hope that's true. So this funding of Ukraine and Rand Paul has come out and basically said, we're not funding Ukraine anymore. Like I'll do everything I can to stop any kind of funding through the Senate. That's possible. Um, and this is one of the, you know, parts of this CR is they're trying to get $20 billion more dollars to go to Ukraine in the CR. It's like, what are we doing? Is this your roundabout way of saying that Senator Rand Paul is actually Antifa, anti-fascist? Yeah. Duh. <laughs> oh, buddy. What a weird world. He's going to be president. Oh, well, maybe. Listen, I t- my dream, if, if Trump's going to be the guy... His best move would be put Rand Paul. He is universally respected by all factions of the Republican Party, unless you're Mitch McConnell. So he would be the gel for a ticket because then you get eight years of Rand Paul Mm. followed by Trump. And if you could really, you know, whet my appetite with a Tulsi Gabbard Secretary of State and an RFK Attorney General so he can dismantle all this stuff, I'd vote for that tomorrow. Every day. Every day I'd vote for that. So, what about your boy Thomas Massey? Where's he going? Staying in Congress? Uh, he speaker could. He should be. Speak, he should be Speaker of the House. To be honest with you, um, I mean, I could see Justin Amash being Speaker of the House too, because you don't have to be a sitting member of right. Congress to be, you know, the Speaker of the House. You could be anybody. Um, I would just want somebody who is extremely, you know, parliamentary benign, right? Like, hey, this is how the process works. Let's keep it transparent, operating. Everybody have input, right. move forward, let the House of Representatives do what they're supposed to do, represent, massage bills, add amendments, change them, vote. Oh, it didn't pass. Let's change it again. Oh, it passed. Like have a functioning. We don't have any of that. We haven't had a we haven't had a bill passed since 1997. That like it's all CRs. None of these things are funded. It's all just a, a continuing cesspool of of corruption. So it's amazing. Anyways, that's where we are. So where's the money going? Uh, back to the Ukraine money. Yeah. Yeah. So 60 Minutes decided that they were going to uh, investigate where some of the money went uh, that we were sending up so of that $70 billion that I believe we've sent over there so far. Um, only 10% of it. Oh, no, that's a different. That's a different thing. I don't have the percent, but it seems as though a large majority of that is not military, but seems to be uh Funding first responders, all 50, all 57,000 of them that exist in the country. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? We're funding their first responders. Oh. Do you think they funded the first responders in Maui? Uh, 
no, they seem to have been blocking the first responders in Maui. Um, yeah. Um, so, and th- that was just one part that I pulled from that 60 Minutes uh, article or, or, or uh, thing yesterday. So, And when you say they're funding them, just so we're all clear, we are paying their salaries. Right, right. We are literally right. paying them. Not like, like giving them an ambulance. We are they're, literally they're, paying all of their first responders. Their HR goes to Washington, D.C., basically. Um, oh, my gosh. It's, I guess, and I can't, I think it was, maybe it was Gates again, too. I heard somebody talking about how this was the first uh, military, uh, uh, like apparently in Afghanistan, we had an independent, oh, it was Rand Paul who mentioned this. And in, in Afghanistan, we had an independent investigator who basically oversaw the disbursement of funds to kind of make sure that there was no, nah, we don't have that in Ukraine. We Nobody. just sent in the check. We've, Rand Paul has asked for it multiple times. Every single Dem has voted it down. So they do not want oversight of this money. They want it to go to the 57,000 first responders and wherever else it's going because it's not going, it's going to line the pockets of some people and has nothing to do with winning the war against Russia or any border or anything. It's literally just a money grab for a lot of these people. Wow. So you can watch the 60 minutes clip there uh, I don't know, through the, through the Twitterverse or wherever else you get your videos from. But um, interesting, maybe this, it always takes, you know, I don't know who did this report at CBS, so I'm skeptical, but maybe this is the, uh, like, all right, you know, we've, we've, we've pulled this, we've, uh, uh, sucked all the blood we could out of this Ukraine thing, and now it's time to pull the plug and move on, or it's going to do more damage politically than it's worth. So, I don't know. It's a, I, I've never been, you know, I'm just as adamant as I am about no additional money to Ukraine as I was to Af- Afghanistan and Iraq. Like this is a, a broken system. You know, I think it's all run by intelligence agencies, and they're overthrowing governments to funnel money into these. Uh, defense contractors and all the things that go with that. And it's, you know, we're just living through, I think the very end of it, hopefully the very end of it, but I, I ever say it's the very end of it because it's so it's almost becoming it's public knowledge. And it's basically bordering on common knowledge here that our military or maybe RFKs will be the, the actual deciding factor to let them know that these CIA runs the world. So um, here we are with the CIA running the world. And they have been. They have been since they took out JFK. So, yeah, I, I think with with regards to this sixty minutes piece, they want to keep talking about how like oh we have to do this to stop Russia from being overrun or from overrunning Ukraine to stop Russia from overrunning Ukraine and just taking over. I why is nobody saying like hey maybe we could have peace talks like maybe we could just find out at least what is the opening offer. At least, hey, if we went to Vladimir Putin and said, hey, what would you, what would it take for this war to stop and all of these atrocities to stop? And what if the answer was just, I don't know, Ukraine can't join Poland, or I'm sorry, Ukraine can't join NATO. Um, we're going to keep the Donbass and we're going to keep, um, what's the other one? Crimea. Crimea. And the people there are Russian ethnically and, and other ways, so we're going to keep them and Ukraine's not allowed to commit any more atrocities against Russian speaking or they had, they had that deal already. Yeah. What was that? Oh yeah. The Minsk accords, right. Where they had that all agreed to. And that was that. And then Zelensky ran on the peace platform of, we're not going to get into a war with Russia. We're going to sign the Minsk accords and put an end to this. I mean, the obvious to me, cause I'm a crazy person. 
like Ukraine has a bunch of dirt on the Biden family and they're like, keep giving us money or we're just going to expose you all. And who cares? It's going to end one way or the other. Give us as much money until it, until it ends. I mean, he was literally in charge of Ukraine policy from the time they overthrew the government. His kid was on the board of an energy company that was being investigated by their attorney general who Biden removed because he was investigated. It's like, there, there is so much smoke between Biden and Ukraine that this war is just a logical conclusion to the end of it. And it seems almost inarguable that Biden is compromised. And this has been in the works since he got 81 million votes. Yeah, by the way, uh, like two weeks ago, September 8th, the New York Post ran an article, despite Biden's claims, Europeans weren't trying to oust Ukraine prosecutor targeting Hunter's firm. Yeah. I just want to back up to what a lot of people actually genuinely bought into was the excuse that was given as to why Joe Biden threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine unless they fired this prosecutor was because they were concerned that the prosecutor was not targeting the company that Hunter Biden worked for enough. That was what they said. And a lot of you believed it. A lot of you went, ha! Remember when Russia blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? That was, oh my God. They had it on video. Duh. Obviously. With the, Russia blew up its own pipeline. Um, and again, like the, the insanity of that. So like, wait a minute. This the insanity guy, is that people fucking believed it. That's what's so sad is I literally had somebody tell me last week that they heard a lawyer on one of the news channels say if Hunter Biden's last name wasn't Biden, they, they wouldn't even be investigating this. And I just stared at him and went, Okay. Yeah, you can't win that. Uh, there's no talking to you. Like, it's just okay. You you believe what you believe. I'm not I'm not here to correct you or anything else. Yep, you're right. This is totally normal and fully allowed. Like, and it was. It, that's what you're talking to in a lot of cases. But guys, this is this is pretty cut and dry. Like, they have evidence of this corruption. They have evidence of a pay to play. They have. You give me the reason why Hunter Biden ended up on a board making $83,000 a month that is legitimate. You give me the reason how Hunter Biden flew on Air Force Two over to China and came back with a $1 billion investment into his hedge fund while his father, the vice president, was setting U.S. policy in China. And then his son went and got paid another couple of million dollars out of this Ukrainian energy firm that was so notorious for corruption. It was like a, it was an open secret. And they threatened to withhold aid. Biden, unilaterally, said, I'm not giving you the money unless you fire that guy who's investigating the company my son works for. Well, Mr. Vice President, why would you want that? Like, he's not investigating him hard enough, and we really got to get to the bottom of this corruption. So is your son turning over becoming a witness? Well, no. Now he's going to keep making his $83,000 a month to sit on the board in a company where he doesn't speak the language in an industry he knows nothing about. Totally legitimate, guys. Totally on the up and up. Now, as we all know, I'm, I'm very um, equal in my hatred because Jared Kushner went over to Saudi Arabia after setting U.S. Middle Eastern policy, and he left with a $2, or a $2 billion investment in his hedge fund from the Saudi government. And I love the argument, well, he didn't do much for the Saudis. Like, yeah, tell that to the Yemenis, because I'm pretty sure that we just basically sold them every bit of military equipment they could have wanted to carry out a genocide in Yemen the entire time that Donald Trump was in office. So this whole game is so dirty, it's so filthy, and the idea that people keep buying this is so frustrating to me of how. 
How does this many people get this naive? How are we this comfortable in just believing that our side is filled with good guys and not corrupt, but the other side is where all the corruption is? It makes no sense to me. So right now, yes, I'm railing more against Biden than I am against Trump because Biden's in office and Trump is not. And I've maintained throughout years of Trump's presidency, Trump is very worthy of criticism, but you idiots keep criticizing him for the wrong things. You're, you're going after him for the dumbest stuff possible and ignoring the truly heinous things that were committed during his, and some, of, some by him and some just while he was in office. But we're doing the same thing now. Uh, put everything else aside, all right? Put all the wanton corruption, all the blatant hypocrisy on both sides aside. Guys, we're $33 trillion in debt as a country, and it's going up. It took 104 years to put the first trillion dollars of debt on the books. It took like a month to do the last trillion. We are at such an unsustainable rate of expansion of the national debt that it is impossible to get out. The only way out of this is either war or hyperinflation, or, the, or you dissolve the country. There's, no, there's not a good way out of this. You can't pay this much money back. It doesn't exist. So you tell me how this ends well. I'm intrigued, but no, I know. God forbid the government shut down. Let's just give them another blank check so that we can go fund whatever percentage of Nazi we're comfortable with in Ukraine, make sure that all the lobbyists get their kickbacks and make sure that we have all of these defense contractors making obsolete weapons continue to get paid because God forbid that a, some plant in Kentucky has to shut down its 20 jobs because they're making military equipment that was last relevant during Vietnam. No, 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 we're doing great. This is going to end well for everybody. Well, September 30th, D-Day deadline for the shutdown. So on Monday, we'll be operating in complete anarchy. No FEC. We can just swear all, all day. I think we can do that anyway, don't we? Yeah. All right, good. But we have an excuse to do it then. F the FEC. <laughs> I said what I said. Uh, I figured only that's one of the things that I do remember that like radio stations would play like the cuss word versions of the songs on the days the government shut down because there was no, like, literally just being stupid, but I got, that's what we should do. I respect it. Yeah. So yeah. So next Monday we'll get to, uh, uh, showtime during the government shutdown, hopefully whatever. I don't know. Sure. It's all, it's all just broken. That's what I said. I, I root for like, because I've given up on a functioning federal government, when I see a glimmer of hope like this, these five Republicans here trying to reestablish a functioning Congress, I get a little glimmer of hope and you know, I just hope that it happens. Like I said, I, I've given up on the idea that, that the federal government can function in a, in an efficient way. So I'd like to be proven wrong, but you I won't know. be, I won't be, I haven't yet anyway. All right. Well, anything you'd like to uh, leave the folks with until next Monday? Touch grass. Touch grass. Uh, maybe watch some Ryder Cup at 1.30 a.m. Sure. Some uh, breakfast golf. And, you know, maybe maybe have some amount of food and water stored in your house because, again, this is crazy. Yeah. Get some land. Get some land. Get some land and some water. Yeah. Buckle down. All right. All right, folks. On that note, we will leave you all again for another week. Thank you for tuning in. And to what was this episode 146 of Sports Clicks and Politics?